Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Green Bay's not going anywhere without Aaron Rodgers in the next few years. If he plays like we expect him to play, they got a shot with or without a first-round receiver. He's that good. So I would do all I could to not burn that bridge. And I I, I don't think that they did that. I think that they burned the bridge that it's going to be hard to uh, overcome. At, at some point, I think it will rear its ugly head. That's Brett Favre talking about Aaron Rodgers. Of course, famously, Favre left Green Bay and bounced around. Rodgers took over. Now is it going to repeat itself with love? And PK, I would say, well, the answer is yes. And whether it's Jordan Love or it's somebody else, I mean, this is how it ends. I mean, good grief. Look at the Tom Brady story. It's playing out New England to Tampa Bay. At the end of a career, somebody decides, hey, we're going with a young guy. And the old guy still wants to prove he's got it. So, Favre's probably right. But on the other hand, how could he really be wrong? If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. I mean, I don't know what you're saying there. But I, I like when you, I always like when you do the Charlie Brown thing when you go with the good grief. It just always gets my morning off started on the right way. And I would ask you, would you have it, would you rather have it rear its ugly head or head its ugly rear? Oh, rear its ugly head. But you wouldn't rather have head its ugly rear? No, I don't want any part of your ugly rear. How do you know it's not your ugly rear? I don't want that either. I don't want anybody's. Yeah, but you I don't mean, have to see it. It's a the problem. The rest of us have to see it. Yeah, it's a problem, but it's behind me. So we're moving on. So you're putting that problem behind you? Yes. Right where it's always been. Free agent linebacker Clay Matthews has filed a grievance against the Rams to collect over $2 million in guaranteed money. He believes he is owed by his former team. Matthews was released by the Rams earlier this offseason along with Todd Gurley. Ah, the NFL. We don't really see this in baseball and basketball. Where's my guaranteed money? Ah, it's not really guaranteed. Read the language. Read the language. Okay, well, uh, let me know after you read the language. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I expect we're going to be hearing more of this. You were just talking about Pac-12 Media Days, how much you look forward to sitting down there in L.A. and talking to all the players and all the coaches as they come through. And the Mountain West Conference has announced that its 2020 preseason football media days will be virtual instead of in person and will be moved to a later date. Originally, they were going to be July 16th and 17th, and they were going to be in the Rams' new stadium, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. They're going to move the date back and do it virtually, kind of like the draft, and I think we're probably going to hear this from a bunch of conferences, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I guess so. We'll see what happens there. It's a blow. I don't, I, I've been in the Mountain West years ago. I haven't been since BYU and Utah and TCU left, so I don't know what type of media attention they got, but I know for the Pac-12, who is starved for media attention, it was a good opportunity, and the Mac Pac-12 obviously has its own network, and so they could pull out all the stops, and they get some national guys there. And uh, So I think it's a blow. It won't be as effective 
for the virtual thing, but these are uh, trying times, and maybe it's just a one-year deal and get back to normal in the summer of 2021. Uh, but, uh, yeah, makes sense for now. NCAA's Board of Governors said it supports a proposal to allow college athletes to sign endorsement contracts and receive payment for other work, provided that the schools they attend are not involved in any of the payouts. The recommendations include significant changes to current restrictions, also leaving room for the NCAA schools to regulate the types of deals athletes might be allowed to sign in the future and the monetary value of individual contracts. I'm sure there's a lot of fine print to wade through, but I don't see how they're possibly going to... enforce this the schools they attend are not involved in any of the payouts okay good one what's that mean impossible uh they don't want the school setting them up but it's going to be boosters who do it that's what i was going to say but they but they're not going to set it up but they're going to uh they're going to regulate what type of contracts and we don't want any so we want oversight but no oversight exactly oh you're going to have oversight you can make sure guys get paid which, of course, is what they're trying to say. No, we don't do that. But you're going to do that. Yeah, I really think this is great news for a school like Utah and BYU. You know, they've lo- they lose out a significant portion of the time on some real, real top local kids. Or in the case of BYU, some top LDS kids, which can be one and the same. Maybe not. Uh, that We know there's been some quarterbacks of high profile that have been Latter-day Saint kids. But you get a, a Latter-day Saint kid, bring him to Provo, and he becomes an instant celebrity. Before he even takes a snap, he becomes an instant celebrity. And here locally for Utah, you get a kid who grows up here and gets run. You know, the games, you guys put the high school games on TV. High school sports gets a fair amount of uh, publicity in our area and have that opportunity to build your brand when you're 15, 16 years old, and then you don't have to go someplace else. Whether it, you go to Stanford, you're going to get lost in the crowd there. I mean, because they're not going to pay a whole lot of attention to you. You can get the great education, and that's very important. I don't discount that. But in terms of cash, if you stay local, you've already built the brand. And especially if you have a personality. We discussed this with Brian Keel in the fall when we were talking about this stuff. And he didn't. He hadn't even really thought about it. But Brian Keel is a very uh, bubbly, personable guy, right? And so he could start building his brand if he's that good. And a lot of these kids are identified as that good at 15 and 16 years old. And you can develop that brand. So then, when you take the next step and go to BYU or go to Utah, your name is already out there in the community, and you're more likely to get opportunities this way. So at 18 years old. You can cash in because people know who you are and you can develop that. So I think this whole thing, and I'm not interested in you know what the legislation is and all that. They'll figure all that stuff out. I don't care about any of that stuff. But the opportunity maybe to keep some more higher profile local kids, and it can work in other markets too, obviously not just here, but you can build your brand at an earlier age and get your name out there. And I think that would be something that the local teams, in terms of recruiting the local kids, and in BYU's case, the LDS kid, whether he be from Arizona or California, what have you, they can develop that and they can use that as a recruiting tool. That, hey, you know, we can't set you up, but Mike over here, who owns the car dealership, he loves our guys. It's something that I could see happening. Yeah, and I was thinking about this uh, yesterday after the show. We were discussing all the possible opportunities for 
athletes to make money. And you were mentioning, you know, we were talking about how, you know, tennis isn't a high profile sport. Uh, but, you know, there are tennis academies and there's one, if you golf at Bonneville, there's one, uh, Coach Mike's is right there by the fifth tee. And you're standing there and, and you, you know, you, you're waiting to hit and you're just looking right at it. And I started thinking, would these students necessarily even have to go on campus? Are they now going to get cut into camps? And I started wondering, you know, all the money that's getting pumped in and the way coaches' salaries have just exploded. And an administrator, one of the local administrators said, well, when you don't really have labor costs, you know, you're not paying the way you normally do. But now are you going to have to pay? Is this going to slow down the explosion of coaching salaries? Or are we so into sports that nothing slows it down? And really, the places that have an advantage, PK, are the ones where there's passion. Because where there's passion and there's boosters with money, they will, whatever the rules are, and then whatever they morph into in, you know, two or three years, the people with passion, and that's where they want to spend their money, can really get an athletic department rolling and... A place that doesn't have the passion isn't going to be able to raise that money and isn't going to get left behind. And we already saw that in the Mountain West, right? BYU and Utah had huge advantages over UNLV in New Mexico. There was passion for the games here, and there were empty stands in the football stadiums there. And so is that just going to keep just accelerating, you know? Now, maybe there's we, we've had national guys on our show who have said, we know in certain parts of the country, in certain conferences, money's changing hands and there's a reason some people are getting the best players. Well, nobody wants to say Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, and the SEC, but that's what they're saying. And so are they already up to speed on this? And this is going to help other people close the gap because maybe they weren't willing to bend the rules as far, break the rules as clearly. And now they're just going to be free to pump the money in there like crazy. Well, so what are you saying? That the rich are going to get richer? No. Maybe the uh, some of the middle class are going to catch some of the rich. And the, and the poor are going to get left further behind. I mean, New Mexico and UNLV are already behind, but this is just going to get them even further behind. Well, further behind of what? In terms of what? Well, nationally, but even on top of that, just inside their conference. I mean, we've seen Colorado State invest in a new stadium. Uh, I don't, we don't follow it that close. I don't know who wrote all the checks. But I would assume there's a little more enthusiasm around the CSU program than there is around San Jose, UNLV, and New Mexico. And now Boise, I mean, I'm not going to say that no Boise player has ever gotten any money. Well, that seems like a stupid thing to blurt out on the radio, so I won't blurt that out. But I don't know that Boise State felt as... Um, as free to go nuts and pay players as some of the national powers and some of the top SEC schools have been on probation multiple times. I don't know that they felt that free to really go nuts. Now, and there's a lot of enthusiasm for Boise. It's not the biggest market, but, you know, they got they got car dealers and businessmen and, and maybe they got some people they can tap into and get even better players. Well, yeah, Boise before this dominated the Mountain West, and now after this, Boise's going to dominate the Mountain West. I mean, I don't know what changes, though. Well, I don't think in the last decade they dominated. I mean, they've been in the top third, and they've won, I don't know, three league titles in nine years? Maybe I'm off by one. Well, relative to everybody else, they dominated. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. 
the one thing I know about MJ is he's brutally honest as well. Look at his Hall of Fame speech. Look at this documentary. Yeah. Right? And right. he's never come out and said, hey, I didn't want him on that team. Because Michael has nothing to hide or lie about or anything. He's always been straight up, always real. And I think if he was the one behind it, he would have said it by now. That's Jamal Crawford talking about Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. Did MJ keep Zeke off the dream team? Did he even have to say it? Or did everyone in basketball know and they just weren't crazy enough? Don't. We'll tell Jordan he's going to be on. Don't invite Isaiah. Everybody will figure it out. It's so obvious it doesn't have to be said. What? <laughs> Minutia of something are we going to be discussing ad nauseum 22 years from now? That's what I want to know. Oh, good one. I like it. Because I've got nothing left on this. <laughs> and the Dream Team is actually more than 22 years ago. How That's much 28. did the Astros right. actually know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah what, you're right. That's a what, good one. That's a good one, Yak. heck? That's a good one. Yak, what did the Astros actually know? I what did the Red Sox everything. actually Players know? In particular. Yeah, right. I think, they, I think they knew everything there was to know. Who were the other teams? It's clear only two are going to get punished, and then it's also clear to me that there were more than two. Who were they? Uh, you guys discuss that amongst yourself and get back to me. So Rod Thorne, a longtime NBA executive, played a key role in assembling the Dream Team for the 92 Olympics tonight, ever speaking with MJ about keeping Isaiah off the team. So I think this is all coming up in uh, episodes five and six of okay. The Last Dance on Sunday night. Uh, LeBron James and his uh, family foundation are partnering with the XQ Institute and the Entertainment Institute Foundation to present Graduate Together. America honors the high school class of 2020. It's going to be across a uh, bunch of TV networks and online platforms on May 16th. ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok, and some other streaming services all on board. So I guess we're going to have a virtual high school graduation. So when we do, what did you watch last night? We're all going to have the opportunity to watch that. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. This year's Baseball Hall of Fame class, including Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, among others, will have to wait another year for the big moment in Cooperstown. The induction ceremony scheduled for July 26th has been canceled by the Hall of Fame. They're looking right now at combining the next two classes. So the summer of 2021, get your hotel reservations now. You can cancel them later if you need to, but get them now because that'll be uh, a massive induction ceremony with two years worth of guys going in. Well, we don't know that. We don't know who's going to be inducted or elected in the following class. I mean, there could be one guy, so we're not really sure. I, I can't say that it's going to be a massive class because I don't know who's going to be elected in the next year's deal. Manny Ramirez still wants to play. The former Red Sox star who will turn 48 in May has set his sights. I'm playing once again in the Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan, where he played briefly in 2013. Play until they can tear the jersey off you, PK. They don't tear the jersey off you. Play one more year. All right. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, Joe Ingles is coming up at 830 this morning. Jeff Ferrato covers the Cal Bears, co-publisher of Cal Maven, our Tour 
Our spring football tour continues at 9.30 with Jeff and the, uh, and the Cal Bears. And also, minor league baseball. Got some bad news on that front, uh, PK, and we're going to try and track down uh, Mark Amicone this morning. He runs the Salt Lake Bees. But uh, minor league baseball, that's, that's a big no-go this year. Maybe they'll be able to salvage 100 games for the major league season. Maybe they'll make accommodations on the roster for a few of the guys who are bigger prospects and would have been a triple-A, maybe a, a couple double-A guys, depending on what organizations choose, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't look like we'll be having any bees baseball this year. I don't know that they made that official, but I have heard that they're going to extend the rosters if it comes to that. Well, if it obviously if it even comes to being playing MLB, but they could bump it up. I think we're going to bump it up one or two already this year, and maybe one or two beyond that. So go from basically like twenty-five to thirty. All right, we'll track down Mark, see if we can get him today or tomorrow or something and uh, see what he can tell us on that front. DJ and PK, Joe Ingles at 8.30. Stay with us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The newest member of the Buffalo Bills, Zach Moss. What is it that Utah does to get their players in the draft? They get guys ready for NFL. When you go to Utah, you respect the process and you get molded into a process that Coach Winham has been doing a really good job over the years. Getting guys in and out and, you know, making them ready for life. It's not even about, you know, just football. You know, it's about seeing young adults doing the right thing on and off the field and the building character so when you get to this level when you have guys coming out and things like that they know how to conduct themselves as men and not just you know football players Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network Texas Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call us at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. All right, PK, I love this. You're probably getting this, uh, you know, in the neighborhood uh, when you're out, you know, talking to people across the street at a safe social distance on a warm summer night. And it's warming up. That was awesome last night. What are you guys talking about now, now that there are no games? What do you guys do that? Like, there is plenty to talk about, and nothing reinforced that, like watching you go back to Facebook to post another topic yesterday. There's lots going on, and uh, you were cracking yourself up. That was nice. Um, Earlier in the day, because it happened earlier in the day, you had, what do you think of the NCAA allowing the kids to make cash off their likeness? And then I went back later and I saw you. Latest reports of the NBA is considering playing all its games at Disney World. How goofy is that? And then finally last night, there it is. How much should Jordan Love be worried that Brett Favre thinks the Packers burned a bridge with Aaron Rodgers? That's three good topics right there. You got a, you got a uh, hot take you prefer out of any of those three? One that interests you more than the other two? There's plenty to talk about, people. We're golden. Yeah, I haven't gotten that issue, that particular thing, what are you talking about, uh, in a few weeks. Uh, but I understand it's still an issue to some people. And I was talking with my sister. Uh, actually, we were, uh, I talked to one of them on the phone, and then we were having a text exchange back and forth with the uh, uh, all three of us. And I told you, you know, one's moderately interested, but I, and I, t- I told you about the other one who 
you know, can talk to talk, walk to walk a little bit. You know, she she does pay attention. You know, has Cardinal season tickets, goes to a number of Diamondback games during the course of the season. Uh, sort of falling off the Suns bandwagon now, obviously, because they've stunk for a number of years. So you check out. Uh, you're not as passionate when the team doesn't go. Is not good enough to deserve your passion. Uh, but uh, we were talking about uh, the. Uh, baseball you know because that's her next thing as i say she probably i would say goes to maybe 10 diamondback games a year you know uh so can can speak that language and so she was talking about you know baseball getting started and what do i think and and she likes to throw things at me because this is what i do for a living and uh, so we're going back and forth on that. And the, we discussed this yesterday about the proposals of the three-team divisions of basically time zones to set them up. Uh, and I was telling her about how you said that would be a boon for television so the Dodgers wouldn't be playing 4.30 games on television. You know, most of them would either be 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock on the weekends or the weeknights. And, you know, the guys still have the day games on the weekends if you choose. And I told her, I said, well, yeah, that'd be great, because she asked me, what do you think of that? And I said, uh, she, basically, she asked me, you know, will that help? Meaning what we do for a living, will that help you? I said, yeah, we'll take anything at this point. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. I don't care what level of competition is out there. Have it. Uh, whatever sport comes back first, that would be awesome. It doesn't matter to me. But I said, what we really need in our market where I live, we need two things. We need the NBA, and we need college football. I mean, th- those are our bread and butter, right? I mean, we would acknowledge that. And so, you know, if we had MLB come back, that'd be great. But for us in our market, financially, uh, we need the NBA and we need college football. So this thing about the NBA in the Disney world, great. Put it on planet Pluto. I don't care. <laughs> Just get something back. So if they decide Disney world... You know, and had fun with that, the goofy, we all get that. Uh, whatever it takes to get it back in whatever form, I am 100% for it. And if that's what they decide, and they decide the format is to jump in the postseason immediately, or we'll just have the uh, playoff teams play amongst themselves a little bit. And, you know, Steve Kerr was talking about how it feels like it's the off season. Yeah, I understand all that from his perspective, what he was saying, because they weren't going to go anywhere, obviously, with the injuries and lack of talent they had available on their roster. So the offseason does feel like, particularly now, what's today is the last day of April, and you know, you're know you not playing in May. Your, your season, if you would have continued normally for the Warriors and, and Phoenix and Sacramento and those teams, they would have been over for at least two weeks now or approaching two weeks. So however the league wants to set it up, doesn't really matter to me. I'm just excited to have the opportunity to get back because I think that we as a community, we desperately need it. When I read that, I thought, uh, and you know, it makes sense. Uh, Disney, uh, ESPN, ABC, that's a partner, so they throw them a few bucks. And where? what does it matter? We're watching on TV. They can play it wherever they want. I don't care. Yeah, there's a bunch of high school gyms in Houston. They want to go there. Okay, knock yourself out. What does it matter to the rest of us? But you're right. To flip on on the TV and have a game on, that's just a little bit of normalcy. And just take any slice of that I can get right now. So knock yourself out. It's not ideal. It's because I think that the uh, in and I've lived in uh, three states. You know, I was a little younger 
when I lived back uh, back in New Jersey. But moving to Arizona and California and here, when it's a, a playoff series, that creates excitement. And then when it's a playoff game day, that raises the excitement up to another level. Having been involved in the Jazz broadcast in the postseason and doing the pregame show out on the plaza my gosh you know you could have like last night last two nights really because the weather now has been uh, you know you can argue it's been mid-june like uh, had my first uh, cup of cup of yogurt last night and normally don't do until the summer but we felt like it was a summer night and you already referenced that you know the last two nights have really been great weather wise but to sit out there on a night where it's warm enough and it's not windy and what have you. I mean, it's something that you can't literally feel, but uh, intangibly, the excitement of all the folks coming in into the arena on a playoff night is really something that's unmatched. It's unmatched even with football uh, coming in because I think at the pro level, particularly the Jazz, there's a little bit more at stake, and it's it's you know somewhat more exciting, and it's the big, it's the biggest of the big, it's the big time. You don't get any bigger than that, and so not having that, even if you played in fill in the blank city, would be an issue. But under the circumstances, you understand those uh, those very circumstances to why you don't have it, um, and we're so we're talking about uh, my then then I got involved with my other sister about well man they're they're saying and then both of them are retired so they sit there and watch the news all day long and and which i think messes with your mind because i just don't trust it anymore that's just me that's my own personal editorial opinion if you disagree fine i don't really care you can free to think whatever you want but you know i think that the the negative and the scare tactics are what's going to keep you in front of the television uh, rather than hey everything's okay you know no it's just uh, they're going to give you the bad news or the re the supposed bad news even though nobody really knows if it is bad news uh, for sure and she's saying well the California governor says no this no that no forever basically I say, yeah I just don't see it then I, I I see them coming back to one degree or another because there's too much cash at stake and there's just too much involved to let it slip away entirely. So I have hope, and I'm going to continue to have hope that they get back. And I and I think that if it's you know, it's got to be in the best interest, and it, I don't want to say it's got to be legally possible. I don't know that that's the correct phrase, but if there's sign-offs by the higher ups, I feel a sense that they almost have a point of obligation to get back. Maybe I'm off on that, but that's the way I feel about it. Well, they're coming back, I think, to one degree or another. And if one state doesn't want them, then I think they'll, you know, I think that all the commissioners know that they're, they may not be able to play at the same time in all the states because the state can have an outbreak. And obviously, you know, New York the last month, I don't think anybody thinks playing basketball there right now is a great idea, but maybe you can play somewhere else. And even a state as big as California, you know, in the long run, who knows? It might be a good idea to play in one city, but not play in another. I don't know. It feels like writing anything in stone 60 or 90 days out is uh, just setting yourself up for saying, wait, never mind. So I think that's why you see the NBA commissioner saying, hey, get back to me May 1, get back to me May 15, just waiting to see how things change. And I think everybody wants to go back. So to your earlier point about, you know, is it going to happen? I mean, everybody wants to. At what point, 
is a, a city, a county, a state, whatever, comfortable with doing it? I mean, who knows? But I think everybody wants to. Yeah, I would disagree with that, that everybody wants to. I wonder if you took, if they got a real sincere poll of all the players if they wanted to go back. Because, you know, they're taking a hit financially, but they're so rich as it is anyway. Uh, the, the losing uh, some money, is that really going to impact their lives like it is the rest of us when we lose money? The rest of us, when we lose money, it's a major deal. I, I, I question if everybody wants it back. That sounds good, but I don't know that it's true. Well, I think everybody would want it back if they... Uh, what, what everybody won't want it back with is some of the conditions that may get imposed on it. You're right about that. There, there could be conditions imposed on it where... and we, I mean, I think Joe's already been pretty clear about this. You know, the idea of being locked away from your family for two months uh, in a hotel, just going back and forth to basketball, does not appeal to the older guys who have younger kids. Well, Mike Trout said the same thing about his brother. Right, and I say yeah. tough to those guys. I say tough. I say that I think they owe it to us to go back. It's easy for me to say. I get it. It's easy. It's very easy because I'm not going to have to do it. But I well, think they owe it to us as a country to get back playing. It won't be uh, you that has to say it. It'll be the owners who say it. And that's back to your point. There is so much money at stake. And so I think that in the moment Trout says, you know, or he says he's not going to do it. And LeBron says, I'm not going to do it without fans. But that again, that's like staking out decisions 90 days in advance when everything's changing all the time. I mean, I think even our attitude towards what we're doing right now is changing. Uh, I, I saw on Twitter a little discussion. How come March took so long to go by and April's just flown by? You know, today's April 30. It's the last day. It's because slowly we're adjusting to the new normal. This is just this is basically, what are we looking at, a month and a half since the game in Oklahoma City got canceled? And those first two weeks, everything was so different. People were complaining about time crawl, and it was, uh, now I know who it was, it was uh, Steve Tate, the former Ute, was, I think was tweeting out, hey, how, how come April just flew by? It's like, well, because we're, we're kind of getting used to this. You know, uh, we don't I don't like it. That. Time is time. Time goes by the same amount for everybody. I, 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 it does, but I never, it doesn't always seem like it. I, I, yeah. To, to me, it, a minute is 60 seconds, and it'll always be 60 seconds. Well, you're a metronome. I don't, I don't know that it'll ever change. I never understood time goes by this blah, 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 blah. Uh, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, if I go play around a golf and it takes me five and a half hours versus three and a half hours, then I notice it. But that's the literal passage of time. But, I mean, that's just if, if people think other, other things go by quicker or whatever, have you. Uh, I, I don't know about that. But I, I to me... I look at our military, and we're asking those people voluntarily, of course, to spend uh, nine months deployment, and these guys can't go a few weeks playing a game. Uh, I think I, I personally think they will. I think they won't want to, and then they'll complain about it. But then they'll have to, and then they'll do it, and, and people adapt. If you know, if if the NBA thinks that they can pull it off and decides everybody's going to go, I don't think we're going to see a couple of stars off a couple of playoff teams not going. I do think we may see some teams that don't go. You know, when Kerr says it feels like the offseason, yeah, I can see the, the bottom of each conference not going because I think there's, you know, there's something to be said for taking, taking fewer people and less chance of somebody testing positive and passing it to somebody else. Uh, I can see some of the teams at the bottom being left out of this. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. Good. Give Kerr more time to campaign for Biden. Uh, 
I want to see. How about like? Didn't they used to do it like? Well, they do it across the street from the arena there in that parking lot. And they did it at Southtown parking lot. Put a bunch of courts out there. Oh yeah. And have them go. Have the games be going at the same time. Back in the day, before there was a gateway, before there was a curb on the other side of uh, 400 uh, West, there was a uh, 96. There was a that street tournament was in the street outside the arena, and then the Jazz ended up having a home game on the same day. It was crazy. They were playing the Spurs. Crazy, crazy, PK. Loco. It was loco. Muy loco, PK. And what what time of year? Was it, was, it was the playoffs. It was uh, so they played in '96. I think it was a second round series, so it was probably early May. And I went out. Sweet, I remember because I, I did a story on it, and I remember being outside during the game. You did a story? And, yep, there we were. <laughs> I snuck a guy into the you arena. You hit the pavement I to snuck, do a story, huh? I snuck a, yeah, literally. I snuck a guy into the arena. Do you want to play <laughs> in this tournament? Do you want to go watch a Jazz playoff game? And this guy's like, I want to play. And the other guy's like, I want to go watch the game. I'm like. Come on! We, we walked you just in. Like, walked a guy into the in, got, got him all the way down into the tunnel, the visitors' locker room. Jamie Cowan shot the story, and the guy was standing there. And uh, David Robinson walked by him, and Jamie panned to the guy's face, and literally his jaws just hanging open. It's funny. <clears throat> so that's why I remember his it. His jaw guy, was hanging. His open. jaw was just hanging open, slack jawed PK. And that's if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't remember doing that story. But I'll always remember the look on that guy's face. Because he saw David Robinson in person? Walked right by him within two feet of him, and it completely stunned the guy. All really? Spurs walked by him, yeah. Yeah, security's a little different. That would never happen now. That would never happen. Impossible now. I believe it is. What would they do? Cuff him? Throw him down? Oh, we would have gotten stopped at the arena doors. I wouldn't even tried. <laughs> hey, you? Hey, hey you. <laughs> Where's your media credential? Uh, we got a lot of people on the Facebook page. Mark says, uh, why not Disneyland? There are less deaths per capita in California than in Florida. People now debating where they should go play. We're just going to turn our TVs and watch it, people. It doesn't really matter where they play. Well, the issue is Disney World has all of the facilities. Disneyland does not. Disney World, they have, uh, they have youth sports tournaments down there. So the they've got world a lot of sports of complex. Yes. They do? Uh, gargantuan. Joshua points out, well, you could go to Disneyland. They do have a basketball hoop in the Matterhorn. Is that true? I've heard that. I've heard that. There's a hoop inside that, the That's Matterhorn. a true story. It's yes. not just some, some rumor. There's a hoop down in the in middle the of it somewhere. Yep. A hoop? Yep. Where? It's in the back where, they're, like, where the workers are working. They have a hoop in there. The original guy who built it put the hoop in. It's been there all those years. Well, that's Walt Disney. He's the one who built it. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, I went to Disneyland 16 years in a row. Yeah, I don't think I did 16 years in a row growing up as a kid. You did it. Did you do it when you were in L.A. or from here going down there? One year from when I lived there. And then the next 15 years from when I lived here. Oh, okay. Every freaking year. I had two little ones. It took them every single year for 16 years in a row. You'd be I my, was one hell of a dad. You're, wasn't you're, I? you're, you're my <laughs> wife's hero, honestly. <laughs> 
Is your wife wired like my sister-in-law? My sister-in-law worked there. She was all about Disney growing up. She grew up in My wife grew up literally with traffic 10 minutes away from the front gates of Disney. She would go every week if she had the option. She's one of the people who says, oh, it's raining. There's no crowds. Let's go to Disneyland and get on the rides. Yeah, that's what all the locals down there do. The rest of us want to go down there and have a nice day. But they're all like, no, it's crowded on a nice day. screw that. Give me the rain. Yeah, they wait for the rain, and then they go. My sister-in-law was just explaining. Last time I was there... I discovered a genius time, and I'm going to give you a secret. Think about this. We went, and we went on a Sunday, and I've got another one here. It's 15 now, so it was during the Christmas season, so she must have been about 8 or 9, right? Christmas season is a great time of year. They really do up the Christmas big time, right? They do. You feel the Christmas spirit when you go to Disneyland in December, that's for sure. So what are we about... The second week, so right around the, the, somewhere between the 10th and the 14th, right? And so we go on a Sunday, and it is just packed. I mean, like a two-hour wait to get on Small World so it could just numb your mind with the theme of the Small World, which then takes six weeks for you to get out of your mind, right? We've all been on that. No, 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 Stop, no, no. Yach, you're not helping. <laughs> I was already having issues. That makes it worse. I actually don't mind the song. It's, just, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. You're the one. Right? Well, so then they have a big Christmas parade, and they put out... Like it's snowing down Main Street, right? And I said to my wife, it was, uh, I think it was just the three of us. And I said, you know what's going to happen here is this parade is going to end about 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, 80% of these people are going to go home because most of them are local. So they're going to go home wherever it might be, somewhere in the Southland. And this place is going to disperse. And for the next couple hours... We are going to have this park almost virtually to ourselves. And it got to the point where we did the Splash Mountain, so everybody leaves, like I said, and you'd ride the Splash Mountain, there'd be no line, and you'd come to the end, and they would ask you, hey, you want to ride it again? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Boom. You nice. never, even, those you never the, had those to are even the best get out. Days, yeah. yeah, so you never got out. So we were running from ride to ride, and exhibit to exhibit because there was hardly anybody there. And the thing was going to stay open, I think, until like 8 o'clock on a Sunday in the winter. And we were getting in as many as we possibly could because at around 6, they dispersed. And we had a flight to come home Monday morning, I think it was. So you have to miss a day of work or day of school. But the Sunday... You have to bear the brunt of it during the day because it's just jammed, particularly in the Christmas season. But we wanted to go in the Christmas season because Disneyland does it up so well during that time. We wanted to experience that, right? So if you want to get by the parade, you got to stake it out like 90 minutes before, which was fine. You know, have the my wife and the kid do the thing. I'll hold the place in line. Just give me a phone or an iPod and plug it in and I can sit there for hours listening to music or what have you, killing time. I'm able to do that and I don't feel like time goes by fast or time goes by slow. Time goes by as it goes by. So that's going to be crowded but after 6 o'clock, after they release the snow, it is free rain. So do that and then you come home on the Monday. That's my little inside tip to Disneyland. Last word on this uh, on this topic, this discussion that the NBA is considering playing all its games at Disney World. How goofy is that? Josher says, "Hey, 
when the NBA champion is asked what they're going to do next, they're going to say, I'm going home. (laughs) No, because they're going to be paying them, and they're going to be saying, I'm going right where I am to Disney World. That's not. I'm going across the street. (laughs) I'm here. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, what were you watching last night? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The NCAA proposed rule changes that would allow college athletes to take advantage of their image and likeness. Certainly, this is going to make things much more unfair. But it is already not fair. I'm willing to deal with that as long as the athletes are fairly remunerated for things they deserve. If we were talking about somebody's market value, then maybe I'd come along with you, but we're not. We're talking about an excuse to have money change hands. It's the right thing to do instead of having this completely uneven system where you have the institutions getting all the money and the athletes getting relative crumbs. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK, I checked out a couple things last night. I saw they were going to have former Utah quarterback Alex Smith on SportsCenter to promote the E60 they're doing on the whole rehab with him coming back from his leg and uh, some of that video ooh, of his leg. You saw that? Ah, ah. I, I can't believe he's thinking about playing football again. I, that kind of injury just looks career-ending. I don't have any medical background, but we know what a human leg is supposed to look like, and that injury has ended other people's career. But anyway, so that special's coming up. So they had him on, and he talked about that a little bit. And then uh, Tom at Turnberry stumbled onto a documentary of Watson. Mostly it was about 2009, when at the age of 59, he had the lead on the 18th hole, and he hit a great drive, but his second shot went over the green. But his iron. Oh, (laughs) Stewart sink. Stuart, you messed up the History story. History was right there, man. You messed up so the story. So close. You messed up the story, Stuart. I know. Uh, but it was great because they had, and I mean, I knew that he'd won a bunch of British Opens. He'd won five. He was going for the sixth there. But he had won at Turnberry in the 70s. He beat Jack Nicholas, yeah. And they showed yeah. the last hole of that, which I had zero memory of. I didn't know who he edged out. I didn't know how close it was. So it was all brand new. Nicholas puts his drive under a bush. A gorse. Boy, to hear someone with a Scottish accent talk about the gorse. But anyway, so he's under this bush, and he hits it from under this bush, and he puts it on the green, and they've got the, uh, they've got the uh, BBC narration of the shot. That's just the most, I can't do an accent, but that is the most animalistic shot. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Nance can't say that. Dan Hicks can't say that. Animalistic. you got to be British. It's an animalistic shot. I don't know how he did it. He put it on the green, and then he made a 30-footer for birdie. And they're like, man, of all, we always talk about how, you know, he won 18 major championships, but Nicholas also was second 19 times. This is one of the coolest second places ever. He... How do you make birdie from underneath that bush and put the pressure on Watson to make his birdie putt? Now, Watson played the hole perfectly and had a really short birdie putt. It was like two feet, three feet tops. Um, so it was cool to see that old video and go back and forth. And as, as they do with all of those, they had interviews, you know, with the caddies. We, Matthew Goggin was in the final group, and he talked about just how you could feel 
the energy changes. What you were just talking about, walking into the arena, you can feel the energy, that sense of anticipation. You know, it's real. Again, Goggin talked about how you could just feel that pendulum just swinging during that set. That Tom at Turnberry thing, if you're a golfer and you have a chance to see it, they, they got some, some good interviews and some uh, cool old footage there. I was thinking Watson's 59. That's one of the, you know, Watson winning the British Open at 59 would have been one of the great stories, except it wasn't. I was thinking, what, what else would fit into that? It would have been great, yeah, but it's not. And the two I came up with that I think fit with Watson are the Patriots going 19-0 and and literally leading the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. Like, Watson is leading in the fairway. The drive is good. He's got to hit one good iron shot here, and he's, he's got a two-putt par, and away he goes, and then it doesn't happen. And then it's a little different, but I thought if Butler beats Duke, if Gordon Hayward hits a shot from half court and Cinderella takes down the big dog Duke. Of course, the half-court shot hits the rim and doesn't go in. I don't know. You got anything else? Is there anything else that compares? Oh, a million things, sure. If the Jazz had beaten Jordan, then we wouldn't have this big last dance. And Jordan <laughs> would have had five and one. I mean, there's you, any number of things. You can go on and on and on and on on that. Uh, the list is literally never-ending. If, if Utah would have beat Kentucky and Majerus would have been – uh, winning the title, now, Utah, and not 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 that there's some no name Butler type thing. Not that Butler's a no name now, but at the time, maybe it was. I mean, you're going up against a big time blue blood, literally in Kentucky. And if the Utes had been able to close that deal, that would have just been absolutely sensational. There's no question about that. Yeah, or any a number of times if they would have beaten Kentucky in the NCAs that they couldn't get it done. So I mean, I would take Utah over Kentucky locally more than those two that you just said so you name the story there's no shortage of stories there that if this would have happened it would have been a phenomenal story uh, it, it, it the list is never ending uh, in, in that way if uh, Buckner had caught the ground ball and the, the Sox had won and you know they'd since won obviously what three times more recently but at the time it had been a long time uh, so you name name what you want. They're all out there. Uh, the Devils, if they could have uh, not gotten uh, gotten one more stop right at the end and beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and you know it's, a, it's somewhat localized to whatever your particular situation is, but uh, as opposed to maybe a, a national. But I, I I think they're like out there almost every year in every sport. The the what if game that you can play that could happen. You know, we, we talked about that uh, a couple days ago. I watched that thing on the what if. What if uh, the Lakers had lost and the Sacramento Kings had won the, uh, one game that Ori hit a three? Uh, would the Lakers have had that big dynasty with Shaq and, and Kobe? Would they have been able to win three in a row? And would have Shaq been more motivated and just not got so heavy that he could have stayed longer? So actually, if they would have, if Ori wouldn't have hit that shot and they lost, maybe they would have won five more because that would have motivated Shaq to really be serious about basketball and take it the way Bryant took it to be the best possible player you could be and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, you can go on and on with that. What did you watch last night? Any good? I did watch that thing that you just said. So, and I, and, I, and I told you, I love those things that rather than just show me it, do the interviews 
interspersed right. with the actual competition. I think that makes it extra special, and I really love those types of things. And then I was flicking around. I flicked over to the Pac-12 channel, and I did something that I have never done before. Literally, last night was the first time. Guess. You watched the show on demand. No. No, no. It was a sporting event. It was... Uh, Got the Pac-12 VCR network. to stop blinking 12. It was the Pac-12 network. Pac-12 Something network. You watched, you watched, uh, you watched uh, women's gymnastics replay. No, I draw the line on... Well, I watch men's gymnastics, but not women. Um... <laughs> You no, that's rooted, a good guess, though. You rooted for the Arizona Wildcats to win a game. <laughs> uh, in what? In football, no. Basketball, I did when they were in the finals because I've never really been uh, uh, that big of a attachment to a college basketball. I've always been more about the NBA uh, and basketball. So I did. I have. I did root for when they were in the finals uh, that one year, and Lou Olson got the job done, and they won uh, that that particular game. I had no problem rooting for them because they don't really care that much about who wins, who loses in college basketball. Football can't do it. Uh, really, baseball probably couldn't do it. Uh, basketball, no problem. But that's a, that's another good guess. No, what I did is I watched, and I was they did it in 60 minutes, and it was 2013. And it was UC Los Angeles versus ASU at Sun Devil Stadium in football. And I watched a replay of that game knowing that the final play, the Bruins kicked a field goal and they won the game. So I've never watched a replay of the Devils playing football when they lose. I can only do that when they win. You see what I'm saying? Yep. But I knew that they lost in that game. And that was the year that they won. Uh, I think they won the division that year. I think that might have been their only uh, conference loss. I think they went eight and one. And the reason why I watched the game, because I thought he was going to be on today, but I guess he's not. On the call was Craig Bowlerjack. He's doing the game. <laughs> Bowler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So I was going to bring it up and ask him if he actually remembered the game. I was going to say, ah, I watched that game. And then I was going to say, do you remember anything about that game? And I was wondering if he was going to say, no, why would I do it? I wonder if he can remember games that he called because obviously the course of his great broadcasting career that he's had, he's done so many games all over the country. And this was an exciting one. It literally, I think it was 43-42. The Devils scored with like a minute and a half. Sure enough, the Bruins get time, go down, kick a game-winning field goal. They win that game. So I was just wondering if he would have been able to remember that. Maybe he would, maybe he would not. But I watched that game knowing that the Devils lost. And normally I'll never watch a replay of the Devils losing. Now if they win, I'm all in. I No problem. Losing, I'm out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up, how you can help the Utah Food Bank help yourself. It's pretty convenient, too. We'll tell you all about that. And Joe Ingles is here at 8.30. Stay with us.